Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I am your host, business and mindset coach, Kieran Lenahan. We are now coming towards the end of this series on your relationship with money and wealth and what it has to do with your business. We've talked about the beautiful vision for how we can use and relate to money. We've talked about the dark side and the dangers related to pursuing wealth. And we've expanded our definition of generosity. And now we're in the part of the series that gets really, really personal. Last week, I shared of my own personal journey and relationship with money, some of the experiences that shaped how I thought about money as a kid and how it literally affected my business. Right, I walked through some of the lessons that I had internalized subconsciously about money, that it wasn't safe to talk about, that it led to conflict, and that it's scarce. And then I talked about how our relationship with money is shaped by our past experiences, by our family of origin, the broader community that you grew up in, and by the society that you're surrounded by. So that's where we've been up until now, but today is all about you, understanding your story, getting a lay of the land and a pulse on how you're currently relating to money, what you even believe about money, and how all of this is showing up in tangible ways in your business. Because it is showing up. If you run a business, your relationship with money 100% affects decisions that you make in your business. There's no way around it. But before we dive in, I just want to take a couple of moments to share a few things that are happening for my clients just in the past week or two. I spend most of my week in sessions with clients working and digging deeper on all of the things that we talk about here on the podcast. And what we talk about here isn't just theoretical. These aren't just ideas. I said back at the very, very beginning of this podcast that my goal is for it to actually make a tangible difference in your life and business as the listener. But that only happens when the lessons that you learn go from head knowledge, from intellectually knowing something, to applying it in the real world. Knowledge is cheap these days. There's unlimited information available to you for free. And so you creating the results that you're after in your business, whether it's growing the business or decreasing the hours you work to spend more time with family, those things are not going to come from just new knowledge and more information. It's going to come from you putting that knowledge into practice. And that's the work that my clients are doing. And many of them will literally listen to each week's podcast And then in their session that week, bring insights and questions to coach further on and how they can apply it to their business. So here are just a few high-level things going on for some of my clients. My client, Rob, who does consulting and executive coaching, uh, a client of his actually invited him to an awards dinner that they had for their company. So he works directly with the owner of the business and with a few of their top-performing employees. And at the awards dinner... They actually honored him. He wasn't expecting this. They gave him an award. They gave him five minutes to give a speech and address the rest of the company, which if you think about how incredible that is to become such a part of your client's success and their story that you're invited to share in their celebration of their performance over the past year. My other client, Christy, who just started her business, is already forming a partnership with an office of therapists whose client base is really, really well aligned with her ideal client, which not only will that lead to a consistent flow of clients, but the collaboration is going to serve their people more deeply than that they could ever do alone. And by the way, both Rob and Christy have not done a single thing on social media for their businesses. So just saying that for my people out there 
who don't want to be using social media for their businesses, you don't have to. My client Rhonda had a breakthrough in her marketing and worked through a limiting belief around not having a degree. And she came to this realization that people don't care if you went to school, where you went to school, what you studied, or the certifications that you have or don't have. What they care about most is whether or not you can help them solve their problem. My client Andrea just signed her third client of the year on top of her nine to five and is on track to hit her first quarter goal for her business. Kyle, who runs a graphic design studio, has created multiple opportunities to design direct, meaning he's been brought into situations to just provide direction for design and not actually just being asked to execute design work, which reflects the growth that he's experienced and how he's taken ownership of the expertise that he brings to the table. And then two last ones. My client Jeff is transitioning off of a business that's run on Fiverr, which is a platform where people can hire freelancers, which is really a commodity platform where people go there to hire someone who does X. They don't go there to hire a specific person. And he's transitioning from a business built on Fiverr to building his own independent brand for creative consulting, specifically serving first-time authors. And so quick plug for Jeff, if you know anyone who wants beta reading for a manuscript of a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, I don't know a single person who will give you more valuable feedback than Jeff. Fun fact, the reason I can say that is three years ago, I actually wrote a manuscript for a book that I was going to publish on the topic of meetings in the workplace and how to change the meeting culture within your organization. For any OD nerds out there, I was using John Cotter's process for leading organizational change. Anyway, Jeff read that manuscript and gave me incredible feedback. And before I made it to the final stages of publishing, I ended up realizing that I actually didn't have fire in me to bring that book to the world. That was kind of around the time that I was considering leaving corporate and transitioning into starting my own business. And then lastly, my client Danielle just signed her fifth client in the first six weeks of the year, all while working fewer than 10 hours a week in her business because she's already running another business full-time. These are just some things that clients have literally done in the past few weeks, which is a testament to how quickly things can happen when you apply some rigor and intention to your growth. And these are the kinds of results that you create when you apply what we talk about here on the podcast. And if you want help with that, if you want accountability and to accelerate the growth of your business and your growth as a faith-driven entrepreneur, there's a link in the show notes to set up a discovery consult with me and determine if we're a fit to work together. So if that's you, find that link in the show notes and book your consult. Now back to today's regularly scheduled programming. This is a perfect episode for what I was just talking about, applying what it is that we talk about here. This is an episode where you can listen, take away a few nuggets and insights, and move on with your life without much changing. Or you can listen to today, invite God in, engage with the prompts, and walk away with a fresh revelation, with new awareness that shatters some walls that maybe you've inadvertently put up for yourselves. Some of you have already shared with me how this series up until now has impacted the way that you're seeing things, the way that you're thinking about your business. And so if that's what's possible in the episodes we've covered up until now, I think today is one where especially I think some strongholds can be broken. Every episode up until now in this series, I've tried to give you plenty of examples to help you tether to, to help you relate this topic to you personally. 
But today, the simple prompts that I'm going to give you at the end of this episode have the capacity to help you understand your relationship with money at a deeper level than you ever have before. And so if this is your first time joining us, I would say go back to, I mean, even the very beginning of the podcast, starting with episode zero, but at the very least for the time being, start with episode 15, which is the beginning of this series, and your work, work your way up to today's episode. But for everybody's help and everybody's context, again, why does this matter? In short, you are a child of God and you run a business. Your relationship with money matters. And this can be one of the missing links that changes the trajectory of your business financially. Engaging with today's content can literally lead to you making more money and serving your people at a higher level. And emotionally and spiritually, restoring your relationship with money, replacing lies with truth, can also completely change the emotional experience of running your business from one of worry and anxiety to one of peace that surpasses understanding to one of freedom. Last episode and episode 18, we only scratched the surface with my story. And there are so many other dimensions to even my relationship with money that I could share. But even beyond my own personal story, there are going to be some of you who have had different experiences related to money that lead to different beliefs about money and a different relationship with money. So here's what we're going to do. In an effort to make this as applicable for you as possible, I want to first walk through just some of the most common beliefs about money that people have to bring them into your awareness. It's like if we were going out to eat at a restaurant for the first time and the server asks you, what do you want to eat? The first thing you'd probably say is, can I have a menu? I want to look at the menu and see what the options are. So it's the same thing here. If I ask you, what do you believe about money? You might come up with some things, but there are definitely other beliefs that you have that might not immediately come to mind because they're more subconscious. Then after showing you the menu, I'm going to walk you through some prompts to help you gain a really deep awareness of your relationship with money, what you believe about it, and how it's affecting your business. So again, this is an episode you want to be taking notes, you want to be listening with a pen and paper if you can, or be ready to jot down some notes on your phone. And if you're driving or you're on the treadmill or something like that, listen through once And then come back to the part where I walk through the prompts. I'm actually going to put all of these prompts on a webpage on my website just so that you can look at them and sit with them and really take the time to process them. So my hope for you today is that you walk away with a deeper awareness around your relationship with money than you've ever had, literally ever, and that you walk away with at least one specific area where your relationship with money is tangibly affecting your business that you want to improve. So that's the plan. I'm going to talk through common beliefs, and then we're going to walk through prompts to help you better understand your relationship with money. First, let's walk through some common beliefs that people have about money. And a couple of notes here, this list isn't exhaustive, so don't be confined to that menu metaphor. Uh, Usually restaurants have a secret menu where you can order something that's not actually on the menu, but they'll still serve it to you. And so you might have beliefs that I don't list here in this list of 10 beliefs but I wanted to take some of the most common ones that I've come across in my work with clients. I'm going to share, like I said, 10 different beliefs about money, spending a bit more time on the ones that are most common. And then for each of them, I'm going to share kind of the the core, the essence of that belief, and then an example of how it might show up in your business, and then a potential way to reframe that belief, which is going to be a, a helpful pattern 
when we get to the prompts later on. And then the last note before we dive into these beliefs, to get the most out of this, many of these, when I say them out loud, you might initially react and think, oh, great, I don't believe that. Let's move on to the next one. And I want to caution you against that. Remember Jesus's words, watch out, be on guard. These beliefs are often going to be subconscious based on previous experiences you've had as a child or an adult, which means you likely don't walk around telling people that you believe these things about money. And you may not even realize that it's underlying some of your actions. And so as you listen to these in the back of your head, ask yourself if there's any part of you that might believe this. With that, let's jump in. Belief number one, you have to work insanely hard to earn money. The the crux of this is you have to fight for it. It has to be a grind. It has to feel hard. It has to be difficult. This is one of the most common beliefs, especially if you come from a lower socioeconomic status. This was probably true for maybe you, for maybe your family, or many of the people that you saw around you. And it's true. Making money can feel hard but it doesn't have to be. When you think that it has to feel hard to make money, a few things happen. When it doesn't feel hard and you don't feel like you're struggling enough, your brain is going to tell you that you must not be doing enough. So you might think that things like selling and marketing must be complex. And when you think something is complex, you either avoid it or you dive into it expecting to do weeks and months of research. You might think that need to go out and get a bunch of information on how to do it, listen to 45 podcasts, read the top three books, and take a few courses on it. In your research, you might find some things that are simple, that make a lot of sense, that really help things click for you, but your brain, working under the assumption that this must be hard, will subconsciously nag at you like it can't be that easy or that simple. And so you keep digging for more information and then more information, and more information, and then eventually you become overwhelmed with competing ideas, all of which on their own might actually be valid and helpful, but you end up spinning out because you have so many competing perspectives on a given topic. And so for people early on in their business, it often shows up when people tell me they're doing quote-unquote market research for a few weeks or months, which is often just a a phrase that sounds businessy and it's this buzzword, but it's often cloaking the fact that they feel like it must take a certain level of effort to identify your ideal client, for example. When in reality, when I work with my clients, we get there in like 45 minutes and maybe a worksheet that they do. And so a reframe here from money has to be really hard to earn is money comes from providing value, not work that feels hard. People don't pay you only if it feels hard for you to do the work. They pay you based on the value that they're getting. Belief number two, very similar and very related. You have to work a lot of hours as an entrepreneur to earn money. The common belief that money is inherently tied to time, dollars per hour, that you must trade time for money, is one of the most, I think, ingrained ideas in America when it comes to money. Again, if that's the background that you came from, if all of your jobs in the past and the jobs of all of your loved ones were paid in a certain amount of dollars per hour or salary per year, that's going to be your default paradigm. And you're going to assume that entrepreneurship 
works the same way. The more hours you work, the more money you make, which I hope by now you're realizing is not actually true. It's funny, I've actually come to love getting the question, how much do you charge per hour or what are your rates per session? And I always respond, I don't charge by the hour, I don't charge per session. People aren't paying for my time, they're paying for the results that they wanna create when they work with me. And sometimes you can see how deeply ingrained this dollars per hour paradigm is because when I share the details of how I work with people and we talk about the number of times that we meet and for how long, you can see, you can literally see people doing the mental math to try to figure out what does that come out to in terms of dollars per hour. It's like this compulsive uh, desire to just like put it in a context that makes sense to our brains. Like think about how deeply ingrained that is. We also have the media, which often drives the narrative of entrepreneurs working 100-hour weeks and sleeping on the floor of their office, eating Cheez-Its for all three meals. And all of that makes its way into our psyche as, quote-unquote, what entrepreneurship looks like. And so if we're not grinding and hustling and we're not doing it like that, we can feel like we're doing it wrong. And so if you believe that making money requires working a ton of hours, you might be working a lot of hours. Maybe the same amount you used to work in corporate, even though one of the reasons you left your job was because of the hours. This might look like you finishing your to-do list earlier than you expected on a Tuesday and you have some time left over. And so every time this happens, you just keep working because you think to yourself, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing more and work simply because it would feel wrong to end the day early. So a reframe here, again, money comes from the value that you create, not the number of hours that you work. Money comes from the quality of your actions, not the quantity of time that your butt is in a chair. Belief number three, saving money is good, spending money is bad. I talked about coming from the financial independence community in the previous episode where this thinking is pretty common, right? This is a very blanket statement that maybe served you in your life like it did in mine, but it's one that when you are an entrepreneur can very quickly hinder your financial and personal growth. And it's one that can show up in a bunch of different ways in your business. And if you believe that this is true, you might spend way more time than is necessary on decisions that involve investing money in the business. From scheduling software to where you host your website to whether or not to use the pro version or the free version of Canva. And from these smaller financial investment decisions to larger investments like investing in a business coach or office space. If you think spending money is bad, it's often rooted in a place where money is that thing that you're getting your sense of security from. And I know this because this was my story. It was really rooted in fear of not having enough, fear of running out of money or fear of wasting money. And so the reframe here could be something like decisions about whether or not to invest money depends on your goals and whether or not you think the benefit will outweigh the cost. There are no blanket statements about spending is is bad, saving is good. It depends on your goals. It depends on the cost benefit. Belief number four. Money is scarce. People don't have money. It's a resource that I have to fight tooth and nail to acquire. This is a deep one that often goes undetected and is related to the first one around making money needing to feel hard. Sometimes this is because it's what you knew growing up. Maybe money was scarce. You didn't see many people with a lot of it. 
And so naturally your brain assumes that that this is the way that it is elsewhere. Other times it can actually just be a protective mechanism for your brain to prevent you from marketing yourself, putting yourself out there, pursuing the the real types of people and organizations that you want to bring in as clients. And so most commonly, this can show up in your business as not believing that your ideal clients can actually afford your service, which we covered in episodes eight and nine when we talked about really what ideal clients are. And if they can't afford your service, that makes them not ideal. And so there's there's more to, to dig into there. But the reframe is that money is available. It's It's actually abundant. People want to solve their problems and are willing to pay money to make that happen. Belief number five, I'm not good with money or I've never been good with money. If you believe this, you might overspend or underspend in your business. You might not actually know the financial health of your business and have kind of a a helpless, throw your hands in the air kind of attitude towards money. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. The reframe here managing, stewarding, making money, these are all learnable skills. I'm becoming someone who is good with money. Belief number six, money is the root of all evil, which we talked about in episode 16 and why that's not true. If you think this is true, you might be holding back the value that you have to share. Maybe you've started to create business success and you're telling yourself that wanting to grow any further means that you're not being content And maybe you have a larger vision for the impact that you can make, but you're torn because you want to be content with the now, but you also don't want to be complacent and hide your talents. And so you default to, well, I just need to stay here because I don't want to be greedy. Maybe you've got tons of ideas for marketing content, but you don't put it out there because you subconsciously think that if you start to succeed or succeed too much, you'll be a bad person. Or that because you have that entrepreneurial itch, there's something dirty about that. There's something greedy there. Or maybe when people say that they want to hire you but can't afford your services, you start offering discounts because you think that denying somebody a service just because they don't have the money means that you're in it for the money or that you're a bad person. Again, like we talked about in episode 16, the reframe here, money is neutral. It's a tool that I can use for the good of the kingdom. Number seven, the other one we talked about a bunch in episode 16, we shouldn't talk about money. So you might think that it's rude or pushy or invasive to ask people about their financial situation on a sales call. And so when you're afraid to talk to potential clients about money objections on a sales call, many of them end up deciding not to work with you, even though they want to, which is the reason why they booked the call in the first place. The reframe here, money is safe to talk about. Money can even be fun to talk about. Talking about money can be in service to other people. Belief number eight, making a lot of money has to come at the expense of others. Or if I make a lot of money, it means I care more about money than people. You might think that others think you're in business for the money. And so maybe you're at family gatherings and you don't actually talk about your business that much. Or when you do, it's it's kind of the sheepish not very confident way of talking about it. You're almost embarrassed by it because you're thinking that people are going to judge you if you are excited and kind of over the moon about it. Reframe, I make money by making others' lives better. The more people know about it, the more people I can help. If you run a service-based business, the idea is that the more people you serve and the better service you provide, the more money you will make. Belief number nine, 
making money doing work that you love is a myth. It's either money or passion. For more established entrepreneurs, you might be missing out on opportunities to have fun and enjoy your work. Like you might just fall back into patterns from your nine to five job where instead of going to work at that cafe that you love, you just stay in one place all day, every day, because subconsciously you just kind of feel like it has to feel a certain way to work in your business. For new entrepreneurs, you might think to yourself that your business isn't even a real business. You might not even consider yourself to be an entrepreneur, that this is just a hobby or a side project, that it's not legit, which feels kind of crappy, doesn't it? But it protects you from whatever your brain might make it mean if you were to start calling it a real business and things ended up not working out. So the reframe here, you can make money doing work that you love. The world needs more people who love what they do. Then the last one, which we talked about more in depth in episode 15, is the idea that having money will make me happy. It will satisfy. Making money will make me feel significant and worthy. And again, this is often subconscious at a really deep level. And so if you're believing this, you might be going to sleep and waking up thinking about money. When you sign a client, you feel elated. But two weeks later, that high has worn off. And now you feel like you need to sign the next client in order to be happy again, in order to believe in yourself again. And you know you're believing this if your core emotional state goes up and down, literally tracking with your income in the business over a given time period. On days when you bring in revenue, you feel on top of the world. But after weeks or months without a new client, you feel dejected and hopeless. That's a sign that you might be believing subconsciously that money will deliver the happiness that you want. And some of you right now might be thinking, hold up, there's a way out of this. There's a way to not have your feeling state dictated by your bank account or by the number of clients that you've brought in within the last couple of weeks, to which the answer is absolutely yes. And how we know this is that there are people with very little money in the bank, with very few clients coming in who are happy and content, and there are people with millions of dollars in the bank, tons of clients coming in who are extremely unhappy and feel like they don't have much. There's no magical table in a spreadsheet somewhere that says if you have this many dollars or this level of income or this number of clients, then your emotional state gets to be this. It's all our thoughts. It's the narrative that our brain spins. It's what we make the numbers mean that creates our emotional state. That's why we're here talking about renewing our minds. And so the reframe here, money is just a tool. Only God can satisfy the deepest desires of my heart. Now, those are some common beliefs that I want you to be on the lookout for. But now it's time to dig into your own story. This is the part of the episode where you want to get out, especially the pen and paper, and carve out time to sit with these prompts and really apply what we're talking about. To make this even easier for you, I put these prompts that I'm about to read on my website at lenahancoaching.com slash episode 19. You'll also be able to find a list of those most common beliefs that I just walked you through on that page. So if you're driving or running or doing something where you don't have pen and paper with you, either listen through to the end of the episode and then come back or pause it now and then when you have time, come back and be ready to engage. Here are the prompts. 
First, what are the first three memories that come to mind when you think about your previous experiences related to money in your life? And you can do more than three if you want, but I want you to start with three. Think about background memories. Remember the way that things just were growing up, as well as those standout memories, those vivid memories that really stand out apart from the others and that really made an impression on your life. What are those first three memories that come to mind? Next, the second question, and this is where it gets super interesting. In one sentence, summarize the belief that your brain formed around money in each of those three experiences. In other words, what lesson did your brain take away from each experience that you had? What was the conclusion that you drew, consciously or subconsciously, from each of those three experiences? And then number three, how might that be showing up in your business today? The way that you want to do this is to take one experience at a time. So number one, you want to write down your experience that you remember when it comes to money. Then number two, what belief did you internalize from that experience? Then number three, how is that showing up in your business today? And then you can repeat that process for each experience. Start with three, but I encourage you to keep going as many as you can, as many experiences as you can remember around money to just really uncover and unearth all of the lessons that you subconsciously internalized about money. Take the time to answer these questions. You can pause it and do it now. Uh, Don't say you'll do this later or the weekend and then not get to it. If you think this is important, if you sense that some of the results that you're not seeing in your business might be tied to your relationship with money, I promise you this is well worth your time. Now, to take it even further, based on your answers for number two, the beliefs that you formed from your experiences, you want to look at those and you want to ask, is this true? Is it biblical? Does it lead to peace? Does it feel liberating? Does it move me towards freedom and the beautiful vision of how we are called to relate to money? Or is it false? Does it lead to fear or anxiety or overwork? Does it feel restricting? Does it feel like a weight on my shoulder? Does it move me towards idolatry, towards worshiping money or being afraid of money? And so if the belief that you discover isn't true and isn't aligned with scripture, What new belief do you want to operate from? What's the reframe? What's an alternative belief that you'd like to replace that with? And then for your answers for number three and how that belief might be showing up in your business today, you just want to ask yourself, what would be different if you embraced that alternative belief, that reframe that you just came up with? What would change in how you did business? Those are the prompts. What are the first three memories that come to mind when you think about money? In one sentence, summarize the belief that you formed, the lesson that you took away, what you internalized from each of those experiences. Is that belief true? Does it line up with scripture or is it false? And if it's false, what do you want the reframe to be? What do you want the new belief to be? Then three, 
how might that be showing up in your business today? And if you reframed, what would be different if you embraced that alternative belief? What would change in how you did business? That's all for today. Head to lenahancoaching.com forward slash episode 19. I'll link to that in the show notes. So all you have to do is click. Take some time to sit with these questions and write your answers down. And share the link to this episode with a friend that you want to do this exercise with. Talking through this with another person can bring added benefits. It can bring those uninvestigated beliefs into the light and be a really powerful experience. And as a matter of fact, if this podcast or specifically this series has blessed you in any way, if you think it would be a loving thing to do for someone to share a specific episode with them or just the main podcast page with them, think of that one person who would benefit from listening and just go ahead and share the link with them. Next week, we're going to wrap up this series on money and wealth creation. And so if you have any final burning questions on this topic that you want me to talk about in the last episode of the series, head to my Instagram, which I'll also link to in the show notes, and shoot me a direct message there. Much love to you all. I hope that the time that you spend with these prompts and invite God into would lead to fresh revelation, new perspective, and new awareness, and that God, through this series and through this exercise, would be redeeming and transforming your personal relationship with money and as a result, unlocking some things for you and for your business. Hope you have a great rest of the week and I will see you next Tuesday on the Renew Your Mind podcast. 